Welcome to Biohackers Live Show. My name is Teemu Arina. This is streaming right now to Biohackers Handbook channels, Biohackers Summit channels, Biohacking Secrets channels. Our guest today is Anthony DiClementi and also Seam Lund's channels. He's going to be joining in uh, within this conversation as well. So welcome everyone. Today's topic, uh, if we take a look at my screen, is Biohacking Secrets to upgrade energy and focus. Our main guest today is Anthony Di Clementi. Anthony Di Clementi is an author, trainer, and biohacker. And uh, what I really like about him is that he's really implemented biohacking in a very holistic way in his life and with his clients. And he's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to biohacking information and how you can upgrade yourself. And he's going to be sharing some of the proven, tested, and science-based methods for optimizing performance, health, and focus. I want to remind you also at this point that Anthony Di Clementi is speaking at the Biker Summit event, 1st and 2nd of November in Helsinki, Finland. So is Seamland as well. And actually, we still have this week, uh, we have discounted tickets available. And if you've never been to Finland, Finland is the home country of sauna. And we have this wonderful sauna area of traditional Finnish sauna, infrared saunas. There's also cryo chambers. There is um, even a photobiomodulation sauna. We have everything there. And you can also dive into some of these experiences in guidance of some of the top Wim Hof method practitioners from Europe as well as Finnish sauna shamans who can guide you through some of these experiences, maybe even Latvian if we get them over there. And that's, that's kind of uh, one of the best ways to experience a conference also in terms of recovery. And Anthony was with us at the Biker Summit in 2016, and we had a pretty awesome smoke sauna experience as well uh, uh, in Finnish wilderness, and uh, he gave a keynote also at the conference. So head over to biohackersummit.com. We still have tickets available uh, at a discounted price for a couple of days. And I also recommend you to go to uh, biohackingsecrets.com. I guess that's that's the URL. And that's where you can learn more about Anthony and he has a book also available, which you can get, a free book that will be shipped to you at shipping cost only, if I remember correctly. And uh, yeah, he's a wealth of, no- wealth of knowledge. And I also recommend you to listen to his podcast. There is a lot of interesting guests over there. But yeah, without further ado, I would love to welcome Anthony to the show. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Excited to be here, Timo and Sin. So... Um, how's it going on? Uh, it's going great, man. Having a fantastic day. Was just making some tweaks to the biohacking gym over here, adding uh, a Live O2 adaptive contrast machine for doing mm-hmm. some uh, exercise with oxygen training. And so Live O2 so- is for uh, breathing training. Is that right? Yeah, you fill a you you fill a reservoir with oxygen, and then you can do. Uh, sprint intervals at very low oxygen and then recover at very high oxygen for improving energy production and mitochondrial efficiency. So mm. 
moving some things around in the gym to have that, that type of interval training a regular part of the week. Um, I, I remember it's also used for uh, asthmatic patients. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, there's a ton of applications for cognitive function, for immune uh, regulation. You can combine it with saunas to, uh, to improve the function of white blood cells and, uh, and, and oxygenation in the body. So there's a lot of very, very exciting ways that you can use this uh, adaptive contrast or exercise with oxygen training. So I'm pretty pumped to get it a regular part of my routine as well. Mm. You have something on your nose. What's that? Do yes. So next to me here, I don't know if the if the camera will catch it. You can see at least the edge of it. Next to me here, I have a molecular hydrogen inhalation machine, and I use that when I work just for no extra time. It's uh, it, it's a very very small intracellular antioxidant that helps to neutralize free radicals like peroxynitrate and uh, some of the things that can accelerate the aging process and cause double-stranded DNA breaks. So I'll use it during my meditations. I'll use it when I'm hanging out with uh, other biohackers like you guys and doesn't, doesn't take any additional time out of the day but provides uh, cognitive and physical benefits. Pretty cool. Wonderful. I'm drinking from a traditional, actually, um, cup. It's like a traditional Finnish, it's called kuksa. Uh, so this is made out of, a, uh, I don't know what's the name in English, but this, this growth, this kind of abnormal growth on a tree. And there is some reindeer bone also on this cup here. And what's inside is actually my favorite cup of coffee. So I have some really nice single origin, uh, high altitude beans from, uh, uh, from Central America. And there is also some L-theanine in it and some lion's mane extract. So I'm going to use this during this conversation to, to really kind of elevate my presence. And what I really also like about drinking from a cup like this is that the wood will, um, it will absorb some of the taste. So I'm always using this cup specifically to drink coffee and uh, it really rounds up and there is this nice wooden taste also that kind of gets into it. So... That's one of my favorite ways to have a nice cup of coffee. Mm. I dig it. That's why I love hanging out with you guys. These conversations turn into like fun show and tell episodes. Yeah. Share all the stuff yeah. we're doing. Uh, behind me, uh, you can also see some jars. So we are at the Biker Center Studios here in Helsinki, Finland. And there is every possible superfood and supplement on the planet that you can use to make some upgraded smoothies. So I would love to hear what is your kind of uh, go-to beverage, what you, you like to kind of get yourself going, let's say in the morning or perhaps for a podcast like this or for the gym, like up to you to choose which beverage you describe. Yeah, most of my days start pretty similarly. I wake up and I, I hydrate. I have um, a fridge filled with something called a hydro shot. It's a product made by H2Bev. It's a, it's a molecular hydrogen canned beverage. They've got a patent on the technology for, for having the highest concentration of H2 gas in their canned beverage. 
Um, that H2 gas, the same thing that I'm breathing in right now. I'm a, I'm a big advocate of molecular hydrogen and utilizing that, that technology for upgrading performance. So I'll start my day with a few cans of that. Um, possibly some, some Kangen water. I usually make an apple cider vinegar drink in the morning with uh, either Topo, Topo Chico or San Pellegrino. Carbonated water, you get a little bit of an added benefit from, from that carbonated beverage. As you know, uh, the CO2 gets absorbed. You get a little bit of an improved oxygen dissociation from hemoglobin. So a lot of people will, will simply look at blood oxygen saturation as a metric for how well oxygenated we are, but really we're only able to utilize the oxygen that is dissociated or freed from hemoglobin. And uh, as, as you guys are well aware, acutely increasing the amount of CO2 in your body can improve the amount of oxygen that is available. So I'll make an apple cider vinegar beverage with some, some carbonated water, some lemon or lime, and then sometimes I'll add chlorophyll or other, uh, other oxygenating compounds like that. And then uh, later in the day, I'll usually do green juice. So I'll use a masticating juicer, not one of the centrifugal juicers that a lot of people use that actually tend to denature the enzymes and nutrients in the juice. Uh, what we know from the, the, the Gershon protocol that was popularized by the German physician, Dr. Max Gershon, in helping people at the extremes of dealing with health issues like cancer, like toxic overload, they tend to get the best results from using these masticating juicers that are much more gentle and, uh, and free from that heat and friction. So I apply those same principles and try to keep that green juice, celery, uh, cucumber, lemon, lime, mint, pretty much any mm. water-rich organic green vegetable, a regular part of my day. And I delay the, the foods that have a higher digestive burden uh, or even, you know, that are solid meals until later in the day after a lot of the cognitive demands have been met. You just make me want to drink some of the ginger juice right away. <laughs> there you go. Mm. <laughs> oh, I need those greens also, but I don't have them at hand. So, okay, what are other methods to use to hyperoxygenate yourself? Do you have like some, like let's say, exercise or breathing techniques that you use to, you know, bring more oxygen into your body? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just about just about every day, six days a week, I'll have some form of cardiovascular training as a part of my routine. Um, Preferably in the morning, if, if I have interviews like this, I have a treadmill in my gym, so I'll get on there and I will exercise at a rate where I'm able to breathe through my nose, but right under the threshold of where I need to open my mouth. And I'll kind of stay there where it's challenging for anywhere from 15 to 45 minutes. And periodically throughout the week, I'll change up the intensity. So some runs will be longer but very, very low intensity, even as low as like 4.5 to 6 on the treadmill, miles per hour. Um, it would be a little bit of a different conversion for kilometers per hour, depending on where in the world your listeners are at. And then, and then sometimes I'll, I'll, you know, I have fit tests and things like that that I've created and found to be pretty accurate benchmarks for where your, uh, 
oxygen saturation and utilization is at, where I'll start out and gradually increase the speed until I get to a point where I can no longer breathe through my nose. And once I need to open my mouth and breathe, I'm done. And uh, so those acute ways of training the body to not only perform with restricted airflow by only utilizing the nostrils, um, you know, over time, I've found them to create a, a positive adaptive response that improves oxygen saturation and utilization and efficiency. Hmm. I like to do like uh, a daily practice of breathing techniques where I first breathe in through the nose, like, and then very explosively out, out through the mouth. <sighs> And I usually like to also open up my shoulders when I when I inhale, and uh, kind of bring my shoulders forward when I when I exhale. And I do that thirty times, and in the end, I uh, keep my breath uh, fully empty lungs, and I wait for a signal from my brain that I need some oxygen. So I linger there for a moment, and I just like fully inhale and then I keep it and uh, in that moment what I like to do I squeeze uh, I, I guess what's the, what's this muscle between uh, your, yeah in, between your genitals and and your anus yep. yeah the eagle muscles they exactly. use to stop going pee yeah and uh, I only hold that muscle and what happens I get this massive uh, explosion of um, energy going straight into my brain, and uh, it, it sometimes makes me dizzy. Even it's kind of like a, a, a voluntary release of uh, DMT from my pineal gland. I actually read recently that there is um, a DMT exists in so many different parts of the body. It's not just there. So, so, so that's kind of a way how I, I really get. To the present moment and and ready to ready to rock. So I like to do that often when I feel I'm not present. I love it. Yeah, me too. Those those breathing practices are so powerful, and I, I'm a big believer that we have the capacity to create our future and craft our reality by using visualization and some of these mindfulness practices especially when we combine them with uh, engaging our physiology, you know, through breath work, through in, uh, contraction and engagement of the perineum, the Kegel muscles. And uh, yeah, I, I love doing those things too. And taking those moments to think about where we're headed with our life, where we want to steer the ship, what type of course corrections need to be made. Uh, yeah, it's cool, man. I love it. Yeah. So, I know that you are uh, someone who has been diving deep into different methods uh, that you can use to enhance your focus and performance and, and well-being. So what are some of the things that you find yourself doing repeatedly over and over again? Mm -hmm. So in the past few years, there's been a few, and I made some notes last night when I was journaling before bed on things that we can discuss. Uh, some specific biohacks that have had a profound impact on my life may be able to benefit you know, some of the people tuning in and hanging out with us. Um, 
I've touched on a little bit of, of hydrogen, right? Molecular hydrogen and making that a more regular part of my routine, particularly when I'm in a fasted state. It's been very, very beneficial for me. Um, and the three ways that I've found to best integrate hydrogen um, for myself and for clients, I mentioned the hydro shots. I really, really love those. Um, they're a little bit expensive, so there are more affordable options like the magnesium-based tablets that dissolve in water. Um, I utilize those a lot when I travel for, for minimizing jet lag and making sure that wherever I'm going, when I hit the ground, I'm landing fresh and uh, quickly adjusting to the time zone in, in the new destination. So I'll be doing that when I fly to Helsinki in November to hang out with you guys. Um, that's one method. Number two is the Halcyon uh, molecular hydrogen inhalation unit. So there's a lot of research on inhaling molecular hydrogen for cognitive performance. And I, I believe that, you know, the extremes inform the mean. We can look at the people that are dealing with things like Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, which my father has. And the interventions that work best for those individuals have a strong case can be made that they, they can also be utilized to improve cognitive performance in healthy people. Um, so I've found that inhaling molecular hydrogen for anywhere from an hour to two hours a day, you want to pulse it. Um, otherwise, the benefits are substantially decreased. That's another tool that, that I've used and found very helpful. And there's some pretty exciting studies that we could link to in the show notes if, uh, if the listeners would enjoy that. And then the third is a little bit more controversial, but it's actually been the most beneficial, not only for me, but for, for a lot of people in our community. And that is a protocol of diluting 35% food grade hydrogen peroxide. So the, this is where we're a bit on the edge of the more, the more we push the limits of things and try to reap the benefits of implements that are on the cutting edge, the more we tend to not necessarily have the clearest understanding of the mechanisms through which they work, if that makes sense. And what we do know is that when, when you dilute 35% food grade hydrogen peroxide, we tend to see an improvement in focus, energy, cognitive performance, cognitive endurance. Um, and the, the, the chemical composition is H2O2. There's a lot of different theories, and there may be some validity to all of them. One theory is that that H2O2 tends to dismutate into water and a single oxygen molecule that then can have uh, a cleansing effect on parasites, viruses, bacteria in the body. We know that our own immune system uses hydrogen peroxide as a signal to identify and flag molecules that need to be um, addressed by our immune system. And with a growing number of people dealing with subclinical immune senescence, um, there may be some connection between the ingestion of diluted 35% food grade hydrogen peroxide and an uh, upgrade in immune function, possibly through that signaling pathway. And again, this is somewhat observational and anecdotal still. The science will probably catch up. And then the, the third is that it may also dismutate into molecular hydrogen, H2, uh, and oxygen, and have an oxygenating effect in the body. And then you have 
that same antioxidant, that intracellular antioxidant in H2 gas that we discussed with uh, biohacks one and two through the oral consumption of, of the tablets dissolved in water, the hydro shot, or through uh, inhalation with the halcyon. So those are some that I'm loving right now. I see. So a lot of oxygen. Uh, are you not worried to maybe, you know, hyperoxygenate yourself to a point where it might contribute to oxidative stress even? I'm not, I, I try to balance it with a number of interventions like uh, discussed earlier where I'll, I'll practice restricted breathing, um, raising CO2 levels intentionally. And, um, and of course, with, with any biohack, every body is different. And we're all at various places on the continuum from optimal health to disease. So it's important to listen to your body and pay attention to how you feel and not just plow uh, because you or I or Asbury or Greenfield or Tim Ferriss recommended something. It's important to stay tuned in to the feedback that we're getting and uh, make adjustments because it may not, any of these things that we're discussing may not be the best fit for everyone at this point in time based on where they're at in their journey. Tell me, Uh, a little bit about the ways how you test that uh, basically how you kind of dive into the feedback loops kind of quantified self maybe lab testing and so on so that you know that you're not fucking yourself up yeah i get regular blood work um i utilize a number of different tests from a few different companies and i use those as a as a benchmark For a while, I was so deep in testing with so many different tools that it was taking up a prohibitive amount of my day. <laughs> and, um, and, and it got to the point where I didn't have a high degree of confidence in any of the testing methods that I was using. You know, if you're, if you're using a pulse oximeter to measure blood oxygen saturation, but you don't know how much of that oxygen is able to be utilized it's not the best benchmark. If you're, you know, if you're checking your blood pressure, your pulse, or you know, your, your respiratory rate, things like that, there's, there's a lot of scenarios where these, these tools and testing methods for quantification are not accurate. You have the aura ring, which I used to love. I don't wear it anymore. Um, I think that- Why is that? Uh, I, I found that I'd reached diminishing returns with the feedback that I was getting from it. Uh-huh. And I think that the, I didn't feel good when I was wearing it, honestly. And I'm not sure if that was related to the low levels amount of uh, the low level of radiation that, that it does emit. I do put it in airplane mode a lot of the time, but it would pop out of airplane mode. And once I've kind of got to a point where my deep sleep and my REM sleep was where I wanted it to be. I knew the cause and effect relationships between the habits that would facilitate a high amount of deep sleep and a high amount of REM sleep. And I knew when I wasn't doing those, I didn't need the ring to tell me. Um, hmm. and, and yeah, I mean, I, I like it. I think the technology is great, especially for people that haven't done that work. Right. For me, I wasn't getting a lot of feedback that I could use to make practical changes to my routine. 
um, and and to the interventions that I was choosing. Uh, the way how I see it, technology and especially wearables and quantified self technologies is that it's like you know practicing martial arts. You you learn a specific weapon. The moment when you master it, the ultimate mastery is to be able to go empty-handed, to to not yes. really need the weapon. So in a similar manner, like actually the most beneficial uh, self-tracking device is the one that has teached you things uh, to a point you, that you don't need it anymore. I noticed that myself with HRV um, monitoring, I used hard math, for example, quite a lot, and um, to bring up uh, my parasympathetic tone and increase heart rate variability. And uh, that was a really practical tool to learn that in real time. But once I I kind of figured out like how I do it, um, uh, I, I can do it very uh, predictably without using a device. So then I don't need it anymore either. So uh, is there some specific measurement tools and technologies that you find yourself using occasionally. Like I, for example, I use this thing called Sculpt. It's a German um, device. Uh, it's a company that helps you to f- measure uh, muscle tone and uh, fat percentage on every single muscle. So I might use that uh, occasionally uh, to look through my training that if I'm not getting imbalances in terms of uh, muscle quality and tone, and uh, I found it useful to use occasionally. So do you have something similar that you would dive into occasionally? Yeah, and I'll share that in one second. I apologize. As we were getting the technology going, I've been chugging Topo Chico over here and, uh, and water. I need to run to the washroom real quick, but I'll be back in 30 seconds with an answer to that. Maybe, maybe Sim can jump on and, uh, and chat. I'll be right back. My apologies. Okay, yeah. At this point, I think it's uh, cool if we bring Seam um, uh, online, so so if we can see if our our, our friend Seam Land from Estonia is live. So put on I'm the here. gallery view. Yeah, cool, nice. While we wait for Anthony to return, Seam, um, how's it going in Estonia? Uh, well, everything is going really good, <laughs> and uh, like uh, it's the beginning of autumn, so uh, the weather themselves are still like usually the best time of uh, the weather for Estonia is the autumn, <laughs> so it's the most beautiful time here. Yeah, uh, same same here. I think the summer is still going on strong here in the north, so I definitely enjoy uh, global warming. <laughs> at this part of the world for sure uh but i don't know if uh, it it's it's gonna be a good uh thing to celebrate really um but with that i mean uh welcome to the show also um uh what's so up, yeah hello hello what's up Andre? <laughs> good to hey, see you again thank you for your book metabolic autophagy it looks awesome man for sure you're welcome and uh, i'm glad you like it yeah so seem um what are some of the kind of uh, biohacking routines or tools or technologies that you find yourself coming back to uh, on a regular basis? Mm, uh, Well, I think uh, you put it really good in a sense that the best kind of technology you want to pay attention to is your own self or your own body. And I'm always constantly trying to 
uh, listen to that the most rather than try to rely on any tool or gadget. Uh, but with that being said, I still, that, I still think that there's still a lot of you know, use for these things, especially if you're like, trying to build certain routines or find certain patterns, so to say. Like a lot of people who are struggling with their sleep then uh, using some sort of a, like a you know, tracking device like the Orang can be very useful for just you know, knowing what's their sticking point, so to say, and uh, like even, even like measuring your calories or what, what, whatever else biometric uh, you know, uh, statistic they would want, want to pay attention to. It's all very useful. But uh, most of the time, I'm yeah, it's just sticking to the good old uh, Orang <laughs> because I think that's, that's like the biggest, biggest uh, let's say results come from uh, just you know optimizing your steep in my opinion right yeah i in in terms of oring i'm looking at the hrv value and uh, recently i've also started looking at body temperature fluctuations um some of the more rarely looked at values but over time what i find useful using these kind of technologies is actually the long term data that you get out of it so especially you know um looking at uh, seasons looking at um changes in my work or travel schedule and, and seeing how, let's say, my resting heart rate over time is, is even one or two up the normal uh, baseline or, or lower. So I often can relate that those numbers have um, uh, behind them um, some, some true changes in my lifestyle and, uh, and patterns and also seasonal, seasonality seems to affect things like that. So body temperature and uh, fluctuations as well as uh, as resting heart rate. So, um, yeah, Anthony, um, in terms of the things that you come occasionally back in terms of measuring and uh, figuring out, like, what, what do you find useful? Yeah, <clears throat> so where I'm at right now, I, I, I mentioned that the path that got me here was a lot of quantified self type tools. And then... I started noticing that I was just getting annoyed by how much time they were taking out of my day and that they weren't adding a lot of feedback that I could put into practice to make adjustments to my daily and weekly routine. Um, or they weren't providing breakthroughs that, um, that elevated my performance in, in body or mind or even just in overall quality of life. So the places that I spend the most time now tracking are probably a little bit different, but I'll share some of them with you guys and maybe, uh, maybe they'll be of, of service. I have identified about eight things that for me have the greatest correlation with my quality of life and how I feel. And these are things that I set out to do every day. I don't do all of them every day, but I have a, a checklist on my refrigerator with those things. And I actually check them off as they're done throughout the day, you know, waking up in the morning and doing a, a meditation uh, using my Muse headband while breathing molecular hydrogen. That's one of them, for example, mm. doing my apple cider vinegar drink and taking my empty stomach supplements. That's another example, getting a workout in and including some of that cardiovascular training that we discussed earlier in our conversation. That's one of them, Right. And I know that if I'm around, if I'm hitting about 30 of those habits on a weekly basis, it's a pretty good week. Those weeks, I tend to get more done. I tend to feel better, et cetera. So that's one thing that I track. It's not, it's not an aura ring. It's not my blood pressure. It's not my blood oxygen saturation levels. I'm tracking the, the, the cornerstone habits that for me 
have the greatest connection to my quality of life. Um, I use I use this device that I was turned on to by Nick Pino. It's called an ENV RD10. It's a radiation meter, and I use that to make sure that all of my environments are are optimized and particularly low in microwave radiation. Uh, so it's when I'm working at home, it's easy. I know that I'm. If, if I'm in RF mode, I'm going to have less than two green lights. And with the sound on, it's not going to be beeping, right? But when we travel, our environment changes. And I've noticed that depending on where I go, how much sun there is in, in my new environment, how much time I spend outdoors in nature, breathing fresh air, connected to the earth, in natural bodies of water, if I'm staying in a in a skyscraper hotel versus an Airbnb home, all of these things matter. So I bring this with me and I use that to make changes to my environment so that uh, the invisible becomes visible and I'm not exposing my cells to biological signals that are going to adversely impact cognitive performance and health. Um, right. So I do pay a lot of attention to this on a, on a daily basis. Oh, I, I, I love sorry, both. I love both examples. Really great ones. I used to have like post-it notes on the back of my phone, yeah. and I did the same, like a manual kind of list of things that I went through. And uh, sometimes, I mean, we have all these apps, but if you stick something on the back of your phone, that makes a lot of sense. There is some nice apps also to track, you know, daily habits. Uh, I enjoy really an app called Way of Life. There is also another one called Habit Bull, and I also know of another service called Habitify. So there's a few of those that are really not about tracking the to-do items, but really tracking the habits, the daily habits. Um, I, I would, um, before going back to the uh, electromagnetic radiation and uh, what do you think about that, um, what else do you have on your daily habit list? I think uh, the audience is uh, on the edge of their seats to know. <laughs> yeah, so it, it changes. It changes with time. So I reevaluate it every four to six months, and I just updated it somewhat recently. One of the things that I have on there is is play and social. You know, am I getting out of the house? Am I connecting with with a community or going on a date or meeting up with someone that has similar interests and, uh, and values. That's a big one. Um, stopping eating within three hours of bedtime is a big one. That's one of the things that the aura ring helped me realize has a massive negative impact on my, my deep and REM sleep. If I eat too close to bed. Uh, so you basically I, abandoned the bag of chips that you were previously uh, yeah, yeah. Before bedtime. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fat kid. I'm not even a closet fat kid. I'm just a fat kid. I eat a lot. I always have. And I, I noticed that if I didn't bring greater awareness to my meal timing, it had a domino effect where it would impact my sleep. Then that would impact how I felt in the morning. Then that would impact, you know, whether I got a, a large iced Americano or felt great without any caffeine. You know, it was, it wasn't as simple as just eating a late night snack. It was, how is this going to impact, you know, the next 36 hours of, of my life and, and how I feel in the, in the interactions that I have during that time and the way that I show up for clients, people I care about. 
Um, so that was, that was another big one. Um, yeah, I, I try to get in three to four 90 minute deep work sessions per day. That's a big one. I need yeah. to be showing up and creating things that have a positive impact on other people. And some of that directly translates to money and a lot of it doesn't. And that's okay because if, if we're here, we're all here, I believe building two things. We're building our legacy, our body of work, the shit that we leave behind when we're gone. And we're building our eulogy, which is the human component of that legacy. You know, who's, who are the people that are going to show up when you pass and what are they going to say about you? You know, and when our life is too much about just doing our own thing for our own benefit, because I want to feel good, it can prevent us from creating in a way that has that ripple effect and builds a body of work that contributes to our legacy and also impacts lives in a way that contributes to our eulogy and the people that are there when, when we transition. Right on. Mm. How about Seam? What would, what would you put on your daily checklist, like things to make sure you're getting into your day? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, the points that Anthony brought out are really spot on, especially with the like relationships and connections. Those are the things because, uh, yeah, usually when you are, let's say, full on biohacker mode, then <laughs> the other people tend to be somewhat neglected, at least, uh, at least to a certain extent. And then you have to kind of be mindful enough to bring yourself back into the center. But at the same time, I think like in order to change the world or to change the other people around you, then you definitely have to take care of yourself first. And uh, that starts with, you know, definitely, I think some form of exercise every day is almost like a mandatory thing, <laughs> especially in the modern world, getting a good sweat on, whether that be with, with some, you know, cardio resistance training or even like a sauna, that's all of those things will, uh, you know, mimic some aspects of, of this ancestral living where you would uh, expose yourself to this physical stress as well as uh, heat. So uh, I think, yeah, like I, I usually try to do some form of exercise uh, every day and definitely spend some time in nature as well just to you know expose yourself to this uh, you know natural environments to de-stress yourself think about your own thoughts uh, listen to an audiobook or something like that and it definitely shows like massive uh, both of them show like massive uh, uh, you know results in your productivity after you come back so it may feel like you're wasting time but you're actually getting like a bunch of Uh, positive uh, benefits in the things that you're about to do afterwards. So I, I would say that nature and exercise are something that every person should do in terms of perform. Right on. I think you can abandon a lot of biohacking tools and equipment by exposing yourself to nature. And uh, yeah, while we are having this conversation, I'm just gonna you know hydrate myself. I have some Quinton hypertonic <laughs> here. I really love you know the packaging of this. This thing here. Do you guys know what it is? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. the, the, the seawater. Yeah, this seawater. Like it has some phytoplankton even in it, and 78 different minerals, and it's harvested from deep sea micro filtered. And you just like cut one of these um, ends here, and you get uh, a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and then the lower part. And I'm just gonna get some. All right. Yeah, those are fantastic. Mm. 
they taste there, really there, salty. Yeah, there is a lot of hydration products that are like made out of all these artificial mineral addi- additives, but I really like, you know, the real stuff. So that's one of my favorites for sure. So, oh, <clears throat> yeah, that was salty for sure. But it will help my cellular function um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully help with hydration as well. So, so um, yeah, uh, did we fix the... Instagram audio, maybe? No. Yeah, maybe. Cool. Wonderful. Uh, there's a few questions from the chat. So, by the way, if you want to ask questions, go to Biker Summit YouTube channel. And there is the live show that is now streaming. And in the chat, you can ask questions. And there's a few questions that I'm going to ask both of our gentlemen here. Um, Presence is asking, what factors help you get more deep sleep? I can answer myself. Um, actually, getting uh close to as close to earth as possible like sleeping outside in a tent or in a cabin in the woods uh next to ocean usually worked really well as well as um uh blocking out uh you know modern technology and blue light in the evening so so what else how about anthony sure uh for myself and and for i mean we've had now dozens of clients see 3 to 400% improvements in deep sleep and REM sleep. Certain people tend to struggle more with deep sleep. Certain people tend to struggle more with REM sleep. And what the the, the four factors that we've seen have a huge impact. I'm going to touch on the four factors that haven't been discussed like 10,000 times over, you know, that everyone that's listening is probably well aware of. Um, But the ones that we've seen have a huge impact. Mold remediation. Um, and this goes hand in hand with reducing EMF. Specifically, when people are having issues with deep and REM sleep, they often need to go from Wi-Fi to Ethernet to really optimize the amount of deep uh, and REM sleep that they're experiencing. So it's not enough to just unplug your Wi-Fi at night or be conscientious about how you're using technology. They usually need, need to make a full switch. And there's a really interesting study that came out showing um, the connection between mold and your electromagnetic environment. It showed that when, when mold was exposed to non-native EMF, there was a 600x increase in biotoxin production. Wow. So what we're seeing is that by decreasing the amount of mold in your environment, you're only addressing a part of the issue. Um, it needs to go hand in hand. There needs to be mold remediation along with a substantial decrease in, in the radiation, the microwave radiation that you're exposed to. So by going from Wi-Fi to Ethernet and then remediating the mold, we kind of get that one-two punch in play. That helps a lot of people. Uh, along with that, there's, there's a connection between, as you guys know, there's a, a, a resonance effect here where... Um, as human beings, we tend to synchronize with the dominant external stimulus. And this same resonance is occurring in the, the, the viral, bacterial, parasitic, and fungal pathogens that, that make up our biome, right? Um, and some of these pathogens can interfere with deep and REM sleep, particularly when they're in an unnatural environment. So we've seen kill protocols that uh, our natural and some prescription uh, protocols for decreasing pathogen load, bacterial, viral, and, and parasite um, have a 
significant improvement in deep and REM sleep that the individuals undergoing them experience. Um, those are, those are some of the biggest ones. And then you've got, yeah, don't eat too close to bed. Make sure your room is black and cold and uh, all, all of those sorts of things. You can add CBD. You can add 5-HTP, depending on where your neurotransmitters are at. And those things will give you a boost. But the environment, EMF, kill protocols, and mold are three of the biggest that are overlooked and not addressed in you know the dozens of books on sleep. Mm. Getting nature, all that sort of thing. Mm. Wow. How about CM? Yeah, those, those are really good tips. And uh, the, those, those are probably one of the biggest ones that people don't even think about, like mold and uh, EMF. <laughs> but uh, I would maybe add like, you know, cortisol and stress to the mix as well. So a lot more, I would imagine like most people are, you know, sympathetically dominant and they are experiencing too much stress, especially around their uh, bedtime. So yeah, definitely making sure you're not overstimulated by things like blue light or even like entertainment and social media, those things like psychologically can wire you up as well. But uh, if, 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 the, if the stress is more physical, then uh, that has to do with looking at the overall daily routine and daily schedule. Like even if you are, let's say, over caffeinating in the earlier parts of the day, then that will have like an effect or it's going to impact your deep sleep in the night. So yeah, like making sure that you don't expose yourself to like overworking too much, you know, random stressors. And uh, even if you are, let's say, uh, too stressed out by the end of the day, then taking some sort of like adaptogens or like, uh, yeah, some herbal teas, something just to calm yourself down, that can really be very useful for just, you know, psychologically as well as physically preparing for uh, going into deep sleep. Yeah, this is so this is huge. And, and Sim kind of reminded me of something that I think is important to address. When when our sleep is off, and we're not recovering adequately, either due to uh, a lack of deep sleep, a lack of REM sleep, or any combination thereof, it can lead to this situation where then we have to over caffeinate, or we have to go to mm. certain stimulants, you know, Adderall, Ritalin, these being increasingly popular, right? And we see this, this domino effect where now you have people who are probably already chronically sympathetic dominant. They're like in fight or flight all of the time. And because their sleep sucks and they need to get shit done, they're then over caffeinating and they're using prescription drugs that's further exacerbating this state of, of chronic fight or flight, chronic sympathetic dominance. Now, what do we know if... If, if we're in, you know, in Africa and we're being chased by a lion, our bodies doesn't give a shit about digesting our food well. You know, <laughs> digest is something that by definition occurs in parasympathetic, right? Mm -hmm. So now you have people who biologically, their cells believe that they are being chased by a lion all day, every day. We see decreased blood flow to the gut because they're saying, all right, I don't care if you can digest your food. You need that blood flow going to your brain and your muscles so that you can think about how you're going to get out of this situation. You can fight or you can flee, right? So we see decreased stomach acid production, decreased enzymes, other issues like intestinal permeability. That's a slight deviation from this current conversation, but there's no, there's, there, there's no surprise that, that digestive issues are becoming epidemic, right? And then on top of that, what else happens when we're in parasympathetic? Detoxification. Mm. So it, it creates this scenario where 
chronic sympathetic dominance leads to suboptimal digestion, suboptimal detoxification. Are we really exposed to way more toxins now or are we just detoxifying less effectively? We don't know. People will tell you they know, but they don't know. And these are important things to consider. We got to unwind all that shit if we want to get back into optimal daily performance. Right. Mm. So yeah. I want to remind people that you can join the conversation. We are getting some Q&As in. Uh, you can just join the discussion by, go by going to biohack.to slash Anthony. So biohack.to slash Anthony. And uh, yeah, there's the video recording also if you're, if you're looking for it. And there's a chat that you can jump in. Both of these gentlemen will be at the Biker Summit in Helsinki, 1st and 2nd of November, giving keynote presentations, as well as a thousand other people uh, who are interested in biohacking from over 30 countries. So, and there's 40 exhibitors, there's a cool exhibition where you can dive into a bunch of this equipment and hang around with all of these, uh, these fine gentlemen um, and, and ladies as well who are into biohacking, so you should come over. Uh, our team will be optimize your day from the morning when you wake up to the evening when you go to sleep. Now, there was a question in the chat about um, what was the name of Anthony's EMF toy? Chemai and Lini is asking. Yeah, it's, it's the ENVRD-10. So if you, if you were to do a Google search, or it's available for sale on Amazon sometimes, you type in ENV space RD-10 meter, it will come up. And you want to be careful because it's most effectively used in RF mode. So that's what's going to be looking at your wireless exposure to microwave radiation. And you want the sound on. And you want to make sure that you've got less than two green lights and no beeps in your work, sleep, chill environments, and when you're utilizing technology like your cell phone, laptop, computer. Now, there is a lot of discussion about electromagnetic fields and now increasing concern on the increasing frequencies uh, of, of so many different devices in our environment, not just, you know, the, 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 the strength of frequencies we're getting from our screens by, by looking at uh, phones and tablets and, and laptops that are destroying... Our, our retinas and our eyes, but also from the fact that, you know, these devices seem to be emitting more and more stronger and stronger signals and not just our devices, but, you know, they're putting, you know, all these uh, uh, different uh, things in our environment, uh, uh, like 5G masts uh, that, that might be emitting some frequencies. So, so actually, I, I want to show what C made out of this, you know, uh, let's, 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 let's play this and yeah, it's gone. Hey, what's up? My name's Seem, coming at you from beautiful, natural Estonia. And I wanted to make a video about... What is that? Oh my God! It's here! Oh my God! 5G! So yeah, there's there's a lot of demonizing going on in terms of 5G, 4G, and all these things. I know you guys are 
reducing your exposure to these frequencies. And I bet, you know, Anthony, who just disappeared, I guess he was uh, destroyed by a 5G <laughs> signal. I only see some cords, so I assume that he's kind of fully wired up and doesn't use wireless. So how about you, Sim? Like, are you, are you afraid of wireless signals? Um, well, I would say that uh, I'm definitely aware of them and uh, I would much rather be more cautious and spend at least some parts of the day in this non, non-wireless uh, environment where you're fully grounded and in, in nature. But at the same time, I'm not really, let's say, uh, <laughs> scared of it either. Like, I know it has an effect on my body, but uh, to the extent of which is going, where it's going to you know, damage my health or affect my daily routines, then I would say that, that that's not really a huge issue that I w- I'm worried about as long as I still have time to recover and as long as I still have, you know, good sleep scores and I'm feeling awesome, so to say. So I'm not, I'm not scared of it if it's not going to have like any immediate impact on me or if I'm not going to start to show any symptoms yeah if that yeah. makes sense in my case i haven't seen uh, inflammatory biomarkers going up i haven't really seen a huge disruption in my sleep quality um, but th- yeah there is something w- when it comes to uh, deep sleep that i notice when i'm in an environment that doesn't have any electric uh, devices mm-hmm. around um, but i would bet that this is even more about the fact that i'm um, mostly connected to earth and grounded like rather than being in an apartment building or in a city <laughs> environment so uh, with with all kinds of sounds in the background so with nature sounds and all that how about you anthony like have you have you noticed anything specific when it comes to uh, your exposure to emf i know that your previous home or or some of that you had a huge generator behind your bedroom and that was kind of ruining you, your your health so I, I would love to hear your take on electronic uh, uh, EMF and uh, magnetic fields. Yeah, it, it's one of those situations where I think all of us, it's important to decide how we want to feel and how important that is to us because there are dozens of different lifestyle and environmental and even mindset factors that are going to either you know have, have a positive or a negative impact on our overall quality of life and our performance. For me, I've noticed that my environment plays a a, a big role, Um, whether I'm staying in a high rise in Chicago, which is where I lived for years, or a home in Florida, or even best, uh, you know, a home in uh, a villa in Mykonos, right, where it's still 3G, and there's much, much less uh, cell towers, cell masks, as you guys call them, where I can go for daily swims in the Aegean, all these things play, play a role. And I tend to need less sleep when I'm in a very clean environment. I wake up feeling more refreshed. At the same time, I don't obsess over it. One of the things that we now know, and this was was brought to my attention doing some work with uh, Dr. Joseph Mercola connected me with Emily Givler from Tree of Life Health. And she does a very cool uh, assessment that involves your genes and the results of your organic acids test. And she looks at some of the genetic factors that could uh, have an ergogenic or an ergolytic effect on on your performance. There's a certain percentage of people that have a gene. Um, I'm one of these people where you are more significantly impacted. Your voltage-gated calcium channels are more sensitive to uh, microwave radiation. So there's a biological reason that we can see when we're doing the right genetic tests for certain people noticing 
a more profound impact from their environment compared to other people that say don't have that gene. And, um, and, and then from work that we're doing, you know, clinically and in the trenches, I also believe that there is a strong connection between heavy metal toxicity and those heavy metals in the body, um, amplifying the effects of non-native EMF in our environment, essentially turning, turning the, the organism into a, uh, like an antenna. Um, and then, and a lot of those heavy metals tend to impact our bone marrow and, uh, in, in, in through that our immune system and, and, uh, endogenous stem cell production. So these are all things that we're witnessing. And when we unwind them clinically, we see an improvement symptomatically in individuals. So there's, there's a call for greater awareness, knowing what camp you're in and, um, and, you know, having a deep understanding of your current state of health uh, in order to make laser targeted improvements to your daily performance. Hmm. Wonderful. Um, Anthony, someone is asking, Raven Seeker is asking, you know, what, what blood testing companies do you use? Most of what we do with clients, we start every client out with, um, I've become increasingly uh bullish on symptom-based tests which i know sounds very subjective and in running so many tests on myself and with clients you start to realize that a lot of them are not accurate and a lot of them will produce false negatives where if you also start treating uh based on symptoms you get a positive result so we start every client out with a full health assessment that looks at some of the core things that um, that we've found to impact health and performance. We're looking at toxins. We're looking at chronic sympathetic dominance. We're looking at deficiencies and we're looking at infections. Um, those are the main four that I believe then cause a lot of the secondary symptoms that functional medicine and integrative medicine refer to as the root causes, but they are not. Um, and then I start most clients out with a life extension. I like life extension a lot. They've got a male and a female elite panel that provides some insightful data points. Um, and so I'll look at their health assessment that, you know, that's something that we created internally. And then I'll look at the results of their, I'm doing this hand thing a lot to <laughs> talk about two things. I don't know why I keep doing that, but We'll, we'll look at that alongside their results from their life extension male elite panel and female elite panel to build out the, the initial phases of their protocol. And then as we go, based on those results, if we're seeing you know, low white blood cell counts that could, that, that could indicate a chronic uh, viral infection, um, if we see, you know, there's, there's a lot of different things that could come up that would result in us ordering additional testing. Um, or if that additional testing is not going to have a profound impact on their protocol, or if it's just more economically feasible to treat and the treatments, the treatment protocol would have health benefits rather than health risks. We'll just, uh, discuss it with the client, let them decide if they want to get the test or if they want to go ahead and integrate some of these biohacks and tools to potentially improve prognosis. Mm. Yeah, we uh, contributed to a lab testing battery of lab tests actually called Health DX. So Health DX uh, in Finland, um, 
it's already available and it's going to be internationally as well. And it comes with um, documentation on your lab results that is around the size of a biohacker's handbook. So around 500 pages of interpretation of your lab results. And that's designed by Dr. Oli Soviarvi. And uh, we look at uh, general health, uh, metabolics. Uh, we look at hormones. Um, there is tests that look at inflammation, um, nutritional status, looking at micronutrients, macronutrients, um, fatty acids. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of things in there. And it's full blood analysis, by the way. So it's, it's not woo-woo stuff. And um, yeah, one thing there definitely is hormones. Um, there's actually a question in the chat from Mike X on best hacks for testosterone. I would say lifting heavy weights is a really good <laughs> one for that. Yeah. Um, and also reducing stress in different ways. If you are struggling with high estrogen, uh, or, or stress hormones, then I would definitely look at uh, supplementing with things like nettle root. Nettle root has shown to bind to sex hormone binding globulin, uh, leading to increased levels of free testosterone. Uh, if you combine that with some pine pollen or something like this, uh, you, you can you can increase it temporarily. But there is nothing better really than uh, going for some some heavy heavy duty exercise and. Um, um, what about you guys? What do you think? Sleep is probably the best uh, testosterone booster <laughs> almost and definitely like useful for uh, lowering the cortisol and et cetera and even like building muscle. So if you're not sleeping, then you're not really making any progress in the gym either. So yeah, I think sleep is really good for uh, all, all hormones. Yeah, and sunshine yeah. also with vitamin D. Mm. That's good, yeah. yeah. I would that? echo what both of you guys said. Uh, optimize your environment and get, you know, get your deep and REM sleep up as high as you possibly can. Then, um, you know, you need to get blood work, whether it's Health DX or or another lab. You need to know where your testosterone's at. You need to know the story of your hormones and the symphony um, that is the interplay between them. For some guys, their testosterone is going to be just fine but then their sex hormone binding globulin is gonna be through the roof, rendering a lot of that free testosterone un, uh, unable to be utilized. So you, get, you can't just focus myopically on testosterone. You gotta look at the symphony and then, and then um, figure out the story of what's going on. For other guys, it's gonna be high estrogen and they're gonna to wanna to utilize, uh, I, I really enjoy Quicksilver Scientific, their uh, liposomal nano-encapsulated DIM. Four pumps of that under your tongue, swish it around for 30 seconds to a minute twice a day can have a profound impact on, on lowering estrogen. But you also need to ask questions and go deeper. Why is the estrogen high in the first place? Is your liver backed up? Are you dealing with, with liver issues and you're on a ketogenic diet that's further burdening your liver because you lack the ability to process fats? It's, it's not cut and dry and the people that are looking for easy answers are going to be left behind because we're all evolving and we're having a greater under, we're developing a greater understanding of, of, of human biology and the, um, the complicated interrelationship between everything. Right. Mm. Actually, uh, Health DX is probably going to be at the Biohacker Summit. We are still kind of looking into how to get like a blood sampling station going so that you can give like, I, I don't know, like 15 vials of blood and 
faint uh, and then get results online <laughs> for your results. And jump in the sauna and the cold plunge pool. Yeah, yeah it's a good combination <laughs> with the cryo chamber and then going for that. Um, but anyway, if you ever kind of uh, wondered like where your values are, that that could be you know at the conference. You could give give a, give a blood sample and uh, get some of the results in and figure out where you are. And if you're a lady and you're considering like, oh my God, these guys are, they're just talking about testosterone all the time. Um, actually, it's beneficial for women also, but most of the labs are looking at uh, testosterone uh, where the it's it's not sensitive enough, the test, um, the way how it looks at testosterone. So you can, those are undetectable in, in ladies often most of the labs. So what we deploy at HealthDX is a high-sensitive testosterone test. So it actually detects the, 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 the values also in women. And uh, why, would you be con- why would you be worrying about testosterone as a lady is basically for energy and mood and also sex drive. So, so, so there you have it, you know, a little bit goes, goes a long way for sure. Now, um, yeah, uh, there's a question about uh, David Weinstein is asking about EMF. Uh, what senolytic protocols are you guys using to deal with dormant cells? Any takers? Fast. Fast That's yeah. it. Yeah. Fast. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, yeah, you can do some uh, maybe like a bit of longer fasting as well as, you know, take some of the or, or autophagy boosting uh, su- supplements as well that can stimulate like liver detox, etc. So uh, I myself tend to use uh, maybe like some berberine during a fast sometimes or even on days where I'm uh, eating, you can take it a little bit. Uh, but yeah, generally I think some form of fasting combined with some uh, sauna and even like uh, regular cardio or exercise, both, all of those things can help to um, promote the process of clearing the cells. Yeah, so so basically these senescent cells uh, are zombie cells uh, that are lurking in there and, you know, um, um, not dying as they should. And uh, I guess autophagy is what we want to activate in them. And um, there is a bunch of compounds that have also been uh, detected to, to be helpful in this process. But, yeah, nothing really kind of... Uh, um, beats fasting, but um, I want to add a little bit. Like, it's, it's especially good for this uh, conversation that we've been having about EMF. So, actually, uh, EMFs can stimulate autophagy a little bit, just because uh, like it causes cellular stress to a body, and then the body activates autophagy like a defense mechanism. So, uh, it's definitely not the best way of uh, doing it. But at the same time, you can see that. Okay, although EMF and those things, they are like, I would say that they're, you know, in most cases, they, they're not useful. They're, they, they would much rather have like a slightly negative effect. But at the same time, there's light at the end of the tunnel, so to say, that you can hope that, you know, although those EM, EMFs are damaging you, that you, you can say that at least they activate autophagy to a little bit. Yeah, there is a few compounds that I would take. One of them is quercetin. Quercetin has shown to be beneficial at least in animal testing to reduce senescent cells and the other one i would go for is uh, the different polyphenols and compounds that you can find in let's say uh, green or black tea so these teaflavins have, have have i mean they have impressive safety record and and they can definitely help help you to 
get rid of some of that crap uh, that's lurking in your body. So, so there you have it. Yeah. And, and I would also add three things. One is detoxification because we, we need to remove the things that are preventing our immune system and, you know, this, this process of autophagy from functioning properly. You know, when, when our body is unable to identify cells that, you know, need to hit the road versus cells that are healthy and performing the way they should, a lot of that has to do with toxic overload. So getting rid of some of the metals, getting rid of some of the pesticides and, and the viral and bacterial and parasitic and fungal, um, fungal pathogens and microbes that can complicate matters. Um, the autoimmunity that can result from toxins of choice, you know, for many people, grains, dairy, alcohol, um, especially in the presence of intestinal permeability can interfere with, with autophagy. Right. Okay. Uh, if anyone has some more questions, you know, the, the chat is open for that. At this stage, uh, yeah, I would love to hear, um, you mentioned uh, previously before we started discussion, um, Anthony, that you have some specific protocols that um, you, have, you have tested and to be proven to um, be helpful for you. In terms of biohacking, let me, let us know a little bit more about perhaps some of your protocols. Intravenous uh, nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide. So there's we did an interview on the Biohacking Secrets Show with Dr. Joseph Mercola, where he shared his uh, NAD suppository protocol, and uh, it, it involves essentially taking the supplement nicotinamide riboside chloride and coconut oil and making suppositories that you can administer rectally and take five, six days a week to uh, improve mitochondrial function and boost NAD levels. Um, you know, NAD levels being one of the rate limiting factors for a lot of people in energy production. So that combined with somewhat regular NAD IVs has been very, very helpful for me. If I'm going to be traveling, I just, I just traveled for three weeks. I was in Mykonos and Tel Aviv and then Ibiza, Spain. And beforehand, I loaded up on NAD and via IVs and suppositories. I did a lot of the, the fasting with hydrogen that we've talked about and some of these fasted workouts. Um, and I felt amazing. I adjusted very quickly uh, to the new time zone and... Uh, even at three weeks in, my friends that just came for the tail end of the trip were like, your energy's through the roof. What are you doing? You know, and I'm like, well, I'm putting some things in my butt and doing a lot of weird things, but it's working. <laughs> what do you so think about, what do you think about like uh, true, true niogen and uh, those sorts of things? True niogen's good. So they, they make the nicotinamide riboside chloride. Um, I have used thorn niacel that was recently discontinued, and I may replace it with, with true niogen. They're just, you're paying a bit for the brand name, and there are some other nicotinamide riboside chloride products that are more affordable. So it really just depends on whether you want to pay for the brand name, or you can find one that is the same active ingredient at a, a more affordable price point. Hmm. Cool. Uh, what are some of the weirdest supplements you guys are using? 
I know mm. that seem you have some weird um, uh, mix of herbs that you made yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like uh, I I call it like the amp activated autophagy activator. So it's it's basically like a s- mixture of different herbs and uh, polyphenols and other spices that uh, promote you know autophagy and uh, in indirectly also promote the other uh, pathways related to that like AMPK and so on so usually you can put things there like turmeric ginger ginseng cayenne pepper black pepper uh, berberine those sorts of things and yeah like I usually I, I usually consume maybe not every day but every other day like on my rest days or so so to say I'll take like a bit of that blend and what, I'll what's make, in like, it like what what kind of herbs for example is it like rosemary or Yeah, mean? rosemary, even like cardamom and uh, thyme, those things just for the, uh, you know, the, the effects. And yeah, yeah like I take it maybe, I, I brew myself like a tea out of it. So it's it's almost like a very, it's it's, it's virtually zero calories. And uh, the, the, the effect lies in that it tips your body more towards the autophagy zone, so to say, by suppressing insulin and suppressing mTOR while at the same time raising AMPK. So that's why the name as well. So it's like a, it's, it's changes the energy status of your body in, in a sense. And it's, if you consume it like within, within uh, the uh, fasting window, then uh, that essentially enables you to quote unquote, like speed up the process of fasting by going into the autophagy a bit faster. At I least l- I, that, that's in theory. I love that. I think herbs are underrated. I think people should be using more of these traditional herbs that they have, you know, rosemary, thyme, and uh, maybe maybe things like nettle. And nettle seeds can be very, and nettle root, what did I mention, can be very helpful for things like prostate as well as uh, alleviating any symptoms of hay fever. So so there's definitely a lot of interesting benefits, not just for this uh, AMPK activator mm, activation, yeah. but also for immune system in a, in a wider sense now how about anthony what what is the weirdest thing that you're taking probably the weirdest thing that i'm taking is uh, uh it, it, it's it's an herbal product called carnivora and <laughs> it was have you heard of it no, no. <laughs> it, I'm, i'm looking it, forward to <laughs> to knowing more about it i yeah, guess it's so, like something it, made for carnivores No, no, it's uh, it's derived from the the Venus flytrap and has it, w- it was originally brought to popularity by President Ronald Reagan. He used to have it shipped to the White House. Um, it's it's utilized by a lot of people dealing with uh, cancer, and um, and and has a, a, a antimicrobial benefits, an immune uh, immune modulating effect. So I utilize that. Um, I'll cycle that along with cat's claw, particularly uh, cemento, um, phosphatidylserine, which is not that weird, but extremely beneficial. I made a note when we were discussing like our adrenals earlier and keeping our circadian rhythm tuned. Mm-hmm. Um, phosphatidylserine can be very nourishing for the adrenals, and especially if taken uh, with dinner or before bed. Um, it can help keep our, our circadian biology tuned in. And then yeah. the other one is... Uh, and an also also cortisol. So I think it lowers uh, morning cortisol also. Yep. Yeah, it, exactly. So you can use that to 
you know, you can take it at night to improve your sleep and then you can get up in the morning and drag your butt outside in the sun and do your meditation out there and kind of, you know, over time, those things will, will have a, uh, a tuning, uh, a normalizing effect on your circadian biology. Mm. Cool. Um, I, I like some of these honey products like Perga and also Royal Jelly that is like a honeybee secretion that is used in a, uh, for n- 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 nourishing the larvae um, as well as adult queens. Uh, so it's secreted from the glands of, uh, of these nursing bees. And uh, yeah, it's, it's quite an interesting thing. So I, I like these natural products, um, certainly. What was um, the first one you mentioned? Um, Terraga? Uh, can you repeat? You said one, the first one you mentioned, it sounded like Terraga. Terraga, ah, P-E. Erga. It is the um, basically the bread that the bees use. Um, it's pretty nutritious. I think it's an underrated superfood for sure. And um, uh, so, when it comes to royal jelly, that is uh, not fully studied uh, in in terms of human consumption. But um, I, I find it it gives a kind of nice. Uh, stimulatory effect, but uh, you can definitely um, get some allergic reactions to it also if you're a bit sensitive to um, uh, things like uh, some kind of uh, anaphylaxic uh, uh, reaction. So I don't know, but it works for me. So um, one thing that I'm not using is uh, NADH um, uh, supplements. I'm not fully convinced that the research that is out there is um, uh, is conclusive. Uh, seems to have some 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 issues. Uh, uh, it's hyped definitely in the biohacking community, but I rather go for uh, natural ways of uh, increasing NADH than rather than taking directly. Often, when you're skipping some some steps in. Uh, uh, in, in synthesis of uh, different compounds in the body that body produce naturally, there might be might be some side effects coming out of it. So, so uh, that's uh, that's what I'm worried about. That's why I don't take melatonin, although I might take it as uh, as a microdose um, occasionally. Uh, it can speed up um, recovery. So, uh, by the way, there is a trick. Uh, if you feel that you have some like flu symptoms. That's when you want to take a megadose of melatonin in the evening. You also want a megadose on vitamin D within, within basically um, uh, once the symptoms are coming in, like within 24 hours. Later than that, you're not getting the, the benefits of your immune system kicking in. So, so, so that's where I would use melatonin for sure, um, not on a routine basis. Um, yeah. So um, I think we are, we've been running like one and a half hours almost. So, um, and uh, it's getting late here in Finland. It's half half eleven. Um, uh, this recording is going to be available later on at the Barker's podcast and also on uh, Barking Secrets podcast. You should take a look at uh, uh, Anthony Di Clemente's work at BarkingSecrets.com. And uh, I, I want to hear kind of last bits from you guys. Um, uh, what are some of the some of the things that you want to kind of dive deeper into 
in your presentation at Biker Summit in Helsinki, Finland, the first and second of November, like what are what are the kind of the topics that that you will be covering more over there, Anthony? Yeah, I'm I'm going to be sharing some parts of a 28 day protocol that I've been using myself and and with clients for autophagy and ramping up detoxification and particularly addressing some of the components of detoxification that that are overlooked. So heavy metals and some of these low level chronic infections that can have a powerful deleterious effect on our performance. So that with within one month, um, people who are willing to go all in, it's not, it's not an easy protocol by any means, but I believe it, it works better than anything that's out there right now. Um, it will be one of the most effective ways that attendees can um, have an immediate impact on their performance in mind and body. And that's, uh, aside, from, uh, aside from just coaching clients who we work with one-on-one, it will be the first place that we reveal it. So um, Timu, if you're able to share the link after Sim drops his knowledge bombs, grab your, grab your ticket to Helsinki. It's one of my favorite events. I'm excited to go there and hang out with, with Timu and Sim and all of you guys who are there. And it's going to be a great time. So make sure you get your butt in a seat and show up. <laughs> yeah, and if you're coming to Biker Summit and you want to get your ticket now, you can actually get it at an early bird price. Um, that was the previous price point by by just using the code Biohacking Secrets, um, and that will give you a nice discount. So you should go for that. Use the code Biohacking Secrets together. And uh, you get 50 euros off the regular ticket price. Uh, now, Seem, what would you be sharing? Mm, like uh, the topic of the summit is going to be about like optimizing your day. So uh, I want to, you know, bring into more uh, the aspects of circadian rhythms with intermittent fasting and autophagy and those sort of things. Because if you look at it, then it's very fascinating to see how your own body kind of has these uh, very diurnal rhythms and patterns that are very much, you know, complement and these different processes happen throughout that process and they're complementing each other. So it's almost like a very symphony and a harmonious uh, flow of these different uh, hormones and patterns that, that need each other to uh, function optimally. So I'll definitely look into, I'll, you know, talk about fasting and, and uh, other nutritional strategies but uh, combining it together with uh, circadian rhythms and uh, definitely like chrono chronobiology. Amazing. So thank you very much, guys. Uh, the rec- recordings are going to be available later on. You can go to biohack.to slash Anthony, and you can already watch the recording of this one if you missed something right after the streaming stops. And uh, yeah, uh, go to biohackersummit.com. Uh, take a look at uh, the upcoming event. It's going to be quite amazing it's a five-year anniversary event uh, both these gentlemen are going to be there and for the other uh amazing speakers and uh yeah it's going to be a lot of fun I, i can't hardly wait for it so um with that uh i'm actually pretty uh um, um I, i i'm excited because we were on time we started this stream on time it's the first time we did it um i think i'm gonna have a bottle of champagne or something With my with my friend Eetu here, who is uh, behind the decks, uh, changing the camera angles and helping me to set up this whole thing. 
tomorrow, um, around the same time, a little bit earlier maybe, a couple of hours earlier, there's going to be Dr. Molly Malouf, and we're going to be talking about blood sugar management. And uh, on Friday, no, not Friday, Saturday, Saturday morning, uh, Finland time, uh, I don't know what that's going to be US, but we're going to be sending email to anyone um, who's interested. Um, uh, the topic with uh, Jaakko Halmetoja, my co-author, is, is definitely going to be something nature-related and nature connection-related. So with all of that, um, yeah, let's have more Parker's live show streams this week. Um, I wish you guys a healthy day, rest of the week, wherever you are. And uh, yeah, I'm going to have a little bit more of my ginger juice. Yeah. Awesome. Amazing. Thank you, guys. Great <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yeah. yeah. See you around. Cheers. See you soon.